0: This episode of Horror Movie Talk is brought to you by Virginity Incorporated. Virginity, Inc. has been keeping leading ladies safe for decades with their tried-and-true methodologies of abstinence and self-control. Giving in to your throbbing biological urges is the one thing that puts you most at risk in the horror movie industry. So just don't do it with Virginity, Inc. Call 1-800-BONETOWN today to contact Virginity, Inc. and request representation of your hoo-ha. Hello and
1: welcome to Horror Movie Talk,
0: an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go 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 go! just had a
1: stroll
0: through the woods. He had no face. Horror. Sabrina, don't just stare at it. New theatrical releases always get priority,
1: but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible.
0: Uh, uh, uh. Wow, that didn't sound good. That did not sound good. Hello, welcome to Horror Movie Talk. I am Professor David Day, the foremost expert in Scare No-No's, and over there sits your other host, Dr. Bryce Hansen. Say hello. Hello, you hold a PhD in spookology. You guys, we have a great show for you today. I am beyond excited for this one. (laughs) My skin's a-tingling thinking of this spooky tale. My skin's a-tingling just thinking about this spooky tale. That's right. Today, we're going to be talking about just a little indie flick you might have heard of. It's called It Follows. And, um, don't forget to check out our website. That's horror dot com. You got to put a WWW in front of that. Sometimes I don't know. I'm it, getting a re- no sign it redirects on our producer, uh, Brendan saying no, uh, also from there you can find links to all our social media. You know, we got all of them. Even we even got, um, The ones you don't want to follow us on, like Lincoln did.
1: Yeah, we were Uh, even on Pinterest.
0: Yeah, we're on Pinterest, bitch. Get on it. We post new episodes every single Wednesday, so make sure to subscribe and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, because that really helps us out. We're really cranking on that. If everybody can just keep doing that, we'd appreciate it. Like I said, we got a great show. We're talking about It Follows today. We'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge, where it makes you angry you had to sit there and watch it, 5 being an average enough film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good that it transcends genre boundaries. After we do that, we give our score for the movie, and then we kind of get into spoilers to take a deeper dive into what we liked about this film. No, there's no hated about this film. <laughs> Later in the episode, we will be uh, gracing you with an interview, another interview, uh, of Kat Solon, who is the one of the directors of uh, the... Adult Swim show, The Shivering Truth, whose season two has just started and it airs on Adult Swim at midnight, uh, right next to J.J. Villard's Fairy Tales, which you should also check out because they've supported the show with interviews in the past. Check out our Robert England interview on the Nightmare on Elm Street review we did last week. So uh, following that interview with Kat Solon... We will be doing a little, a little, a little old game you might have heard of called Lifetime Movie or Horror Movie, and we haven't done that one in a long time. I figured it was time to bring it back.
1: Yeah, I was thinking we we haven't played games in a while. Yeah, like we getting we've gotten
0: pretty bogged down with you know interviews
1: of <laughs> Trevor Englund,
0: just really awesome content. It's just you just getting you just get shit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's been
1: everyone's been hounding us. When are you gonna get back to your shitty games?
0: Yeah. Can you please play taglines for the ten billionth time, please? <laughs> and we're like, We're it's common. Don't worry. We're sorry, we're sorry. Don't worry. Mm. We're we're just being very
1: indulgent by uh talking to robert england need to get back to taglines
0: so as i've mentioned a few times at this point we watched it follows i watched it on amazon prime is that where you watched it too ye ye and to me it remains one of the very best movies released this century i've seen this movie mentioned in many best of lists and quite a few worst of lists as well so it is controversial uh but if you get but it will give you and your friends something to talk about either way i can guarantee you that so let's get into the trailer
2: i used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates i had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy driving along some pretty road never
0: about going anywhere really it's having some sort of freedom I guess okay are
2: You awake
0: what are you doing? you're not going to believe me and I need you to remember what I'm saying this thing it's going to follow you somebody gave it to me and I passed it to you Wherever you are somewhere, walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else.
2: I'm scared. I need to find him.
0: What did he really do to you?
2: Apparently he used a fake name to rent a house in the city.
0: This isn't real. I swear to you, this is just some game. If it kills her, it gets me and goes straight down the line whoever started it. What exactly is supposed to be following you? I don't
2: know.
0: Something
1: happened. It's not what she thinks, okay?
2: You don't believe me. Mom? No, it's me. Everything's okay.
0: It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. Oh man, all the music in that, that the, the, the score for this movie just blows me away. I love every piece of this like retro wave.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's much, I mean, when I, when it rolls like the, the music credits at the end
0: of the credits, it's like five pieces. Yeah. They do a lot of them. Well, a lot of them are that re 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 just Mm -hmm. over and over and over kind of, but I mean it plays throughout the movie pretty. Yeah. The theme
1: is, is pretty great though.
0: Yeah. It Follows is a story that focuses on a group of kids and one girl in particular, uh, Annie, uh, whose name I wrote down as Jay for some reason, uh, who's played by the gorgeous Micah Monroe. I love Micah Monroe. At its outset, this is something of a romantic story that soon gives way to terror as Annie's new relationship with Hugh blossoms and she allows herself a glimpse of happiness before being forced into hell. It's hard to say much about It Follows without giving away spoilers, but suffice it to say there is a monster and it follows specific, defined mechanics.
1: I mean, doesn't it say exactly what it is in the trailer? Though? It, it does say it in that trailer, yes. Um, <laughs> and in the title of the movie? Well, yes.
0: I mean, there are par- parts of it that are, you know, right. the premise is in the trailer, but not the not the particulars. And the particulars are what really drive this thing into the gross, nasty territory.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: My review of It Follows It starts with when I first saw it. Um, I first saw it in theaters, and I knew nothing about it other than it was a horror movie. Uh, when I walked out of the theater, I had the distinct impression that I had seen horror history. The care that went into making everything about this movie is immediately apparent. The musical sc- score, th- the framing, and the attention to detail, the use of extras in this movie is Dead on. I love how they use extra actors in this movie. They're just a constant threat. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's flawlessly executed to my eye. And to add to that, a concept that is unique and taps into the core of our humanity. And I think you come away with a perfect movie. It's more than just a chilling concept or a well-executed film. It Follows feels like a new thing in horror. It feels like a movement towards the conceptual idea of what drives horror. Strip down the overburdened tropes and monsters that make up what horror was for decades, and it just leaves the bare essentials. Like it or hate it, I can promise you that this movie will give you something to debate with your friends for years to come. What do you... What was your first impression of this movie and what is your, uh, impression now?
1: Um, I think, I mean, I didn't have a huge, I didn't have as big of a reaction as you did with first viewing. Um, but yeah, when I, when I saw it, it was a very apparent that it was a fully packaged, realized piece and it works, um, Upon repeat viewings and listening to the criticisms of it, um, I will concede that, yes, it is a little slow. Like, it's it's very measured. I mean, it, th- there's two ways of saying it. It's either boring or measured. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I lean more towards measured, but this isn't the type of movie that I would watch again and again. Oh, man.
0: I've I think I've seen this four or five times.
1: And I think that's kind of a difference between me and you is that, um, I would describe this movie as the kids would, which is big mood, big (laughs) mood. Yeah. I mean, this
0: is
1: (laughs) very much a like feel type movie, visceral, um, but very like
0: aesthetic aesthetic is what you would say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love yes you're you're absolutely right. There's so many different things about this that make it aesthetic or mood. Yeah. You know, which is
1: a lot of the choices in it are very Man, why is my voice so weird today? Um <clears throat> a lot of the choices in it are very intentional. It's yeah. one of those things where it's like when you watch Kubrick or more someone that's very precise there's or like Tarantino, there's very intentional choices. That are incong- incongruous but work yeah. as a whole yeah. in this movie, and it's impressive. Um, I'm not sure I, I raise raise it to the pinnacle of classic, um, but it's a very very good movie and like one of the best horror movies of the last decade or whatever
0: yeah you know and i think that's really uh you know i mean that's obviously very fair criticism uh but i think yeah in in just in just diving a little deeper into what you said about the differences between you and me i think for some reason i seem to enjoy or the the trend that i'm noticing between the things you enjoy and the things that i enjoy i enjoy uh uh a movie with quotation marks around it. I, I like, I like a thing that is, is very specifically a, mo- it's Kubrick. I like the shining, you know, I like, the, I like, uh, the, um, the 2001 space odyssey. These aren't, they're not terribly cohesive as in terms of story, but they are a mood. They're an aesthetic. They're, a, a thought that is to be like picked over. So you like a moody A moody. Uh, Yes, exactly. Whereas the more the more close to kind of real life you get with it, the more Friday the 13th you get with it, the further away I get from the thing that I most want to see, you know? See, that's I mean, I want to see all the elements of a film done very well and then executed on a conceptual level. Kind of.
1: Yeah, but we also agree on stuff that's pretty grounded in real life so like hereditary and you know the exorcist and stuff that's there's some stuff that's just
0: undeniable
1: right so there's that but i mean yeah i think if you look at our scores, like you'll score something like mandy a lot higher than i will yeah um and that just goes to your aesthetic which is like very much visceral and like the feel of it yeah and i'm thinking more like I, I like stuff that's more empathetic, yeah, or more like uh, humanity based, yeah. Um, that being said, it's it's a good movie. Like, I, I wouldn't turn anyone away from it. I think the people that say it's a bad movie are wrong.
0: Yeah, I think they're definitely wrong, but um, but you know, that's just like my opinion, man. So, uh, so my score for this movie is obviously. I just this is maybe this is top this is top three. M- horror movies. Yeah, this is one sure. of your favorite movies. Yeah. So, um, so 10 out of 10 for me. What do you, where, what are you giving it? Where's it land?
1: Um, I'd give it a strong eight.
0: Yeah. I can see, I can see that, you know, if it's not, if it's not your total bag, then. Yeah. I mean, it's,
1: it's cohesive. It's, it is effective, but it's not like ambitious outside of.
0: Yeah. It doesn't scratch the, an itch that gimmick, is just yeah. constantly yeah. there for you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely does that for, for both, uh, my wife and I, we, we sat down and we watched it and she was like, oh shit, I remember this fucking movie. And I was like, yeah. And, and we were just like, I mean, it's hard for her to stay awake at night and watch movies, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure she stayed awake for the whole thing. It's just, it's both of us are like sucked into the, to this kind of thing. Um, yeah, and you know the other th- the other notable thing about this movie, I don't know if I bring it up in the spoiler section, but uh, I don't I don't think I do. This I, I said this to you yesterday. This is like the start of the A twenty four horror uh, movement. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know the the production studio on it said Dimension. It said it was Dimension Film. Are you sure it's at A twenty four? Um. N- well, now I'm
0: not. Maybe. Maybe I, did, you can- I didn't see A twenty four. On the credits, yeah, I guess I didn't either. That's interesting, huh? I I swear I looked it up on on the Googs.
1: Let me see it. And you're right about Tusk. Tusk was a twenty-four.
0: So uh, scratch that. It's not a twenty-four. It just feels like it to me. But but in any in any event, it is like it's before the Witch. It's before Hereditary, and it feels like one of these extremely. Low budget, high quality horror movies that is focused primarily on on story um, or or disturbing subject matter over, you know, uh, thrills and thrills and chills, kind of like crowd pleasing.
1: Right. Much more dread focused than
0: right. Scare focused. So with that, I'd like to bring you an emergency alert. Horror Movie Talk reviews new movies, and that means we rely heavily on theaters. Uh, Our favorite theaters are the small, privately owned ones in our community, and during this corona shutdown, all of these theaters are in serious jeopardy. Horror Movie Talk has decided to help these theaters the only way we know how, which is to feature them in our podcast and talk about them. So today we'd like to continue our support of our hometown's Kiggins Theater in Vancouver, Washington. That's K-I-G-G-I-N-S. This Depression-era theater has had several lives, from movie theater to church to antique store, and now back to a fully restored movie theater, Then they serve beer, so that's very important. Mm-hmm. The Kiggins has been host to hundreds of events. Actually, did you know, I learned this? Kiggins
1: was responsible for um, theaters in Washington able to serve beer. There's, like... No a, shit. The Kiggins Act. What the fuck? was, like, a loud, small, independent
0: theater establishments to to serve alcohol. Well, you need now it's if it wasn't cemented before, it is now. You need to support these guys cuz they are fabulous. Um the Kiggins has been host to hundreds of events over the years including film festivals, premieres, concerts, lectures, private parties. They're privately owned. They're struggling through this shutdown. They've been featured in the New York Times because of their the their banners that they put up during the you know, during the COVID thing um Covid nineteen. <sighs> I will breathe on you. <sighs> well, whether you're a local or not, uh you can support the Kiggins by going to https colon slash slash www no
1: Kiggins. You can go to our our homepage yeah. and then there's a link down at the bottom. Yeah, go, go to, to movie talk You can or, find a link there,
0: or just go to kigginstheater.com Either way, and and buy tickets to virtual screenings or buy a gift certificate to use once they reopen. And now I'd like to say thank you to all of our Patreon members and our latest Patreon member, Heather B. Heather, how I, I'd like to I'd like to posit that Heather is a pretty hard fucker, huh? <laughs> oh, I'd just like to embrace uh, his face when I said that. It's <laughs> like, what is he going to say? I'm just saying, uh, typically our Patreon members fuck hard. I don't know Heather very well yet. I've uh, I have sent her a, a welcome basket, um, mostly just uh, a thank you card s- stuffed with horror movie talk stickers. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we'll see to the extent. I mean, I don't know if it makes me sexist, but I would I would nor myself
1: shy mm-hmm. away from you know, labeling any of the women as hard fuckers. Like I think with a guy, it's preferable. Oh, to fuck hard.
0: But this is an interesting topic. I don't know why i I would just yeah, because some I wouldn't want to offend. Sometimes you know I'll always have to fuck her hard. hard. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's not right. It's not right to do. To do. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, I really appreciate Heather B too. She actually joined as I was talking with her, talking to her on Twitter. Um, she's been a fan for a while, but she finally pulled the trigger and got to listen to all the uh, backlog of Afterpods, which is a great what patron a- only. Podcast,
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. We have a whole nother podcast that runs weekly Uh, right after this one. We just keep the mics running so you can check out all of our Patreon perks um, by, you know, going to our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com and clicking through the link at the top that says become a Patreon member. And we had a touching. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got
1: to say thank you to a bunch of our patrons that. Gave me several really heartfelt messages. We, we get pretty real on the afterpod and I, I've talked about some recent, um, health, health difficulties that my dad is going through and it's been really hard on me and, and my family. And, and there's a lot of, um, emotional support
0: from our Tons. patients as well. It's, it was the most cathartic, beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like yeah. just people reaching out with, it's so impressive, how many people can just relate? Yeah. And it uh, I can't keep going on it because it's going to make me cry. Right. Um. But, you know, we also talk about some some recent health issues for Bryce. Bryce has been going through a little bit of a, a, <laughs> a little bit of a tummy trouble, a little poop yeah. epidemic uh-huh. s- situation going on. And every time I've talked to him this week, he's just been it sounded very strained. Like, yeah, it wasn't. It's it's feeling better now but well i i turned you on to metamucil cookies and Uh um and i just like to offer you i have right here i have the metamucil fiber thins this is the apple crisp flavor Mm. so you can give this a try here
1: oh thank you Yeah, you yeah i see i've already had i already went out and bought some so i've got the cinnamon and spice ones they're pretty good too if,
0: you, if you're having trouble with your bowels <laughs> uh, you know what Metamucil I, is not a sponsor Metamucil is not but a we sponsor we stand but behind their product I definitely stand behind their product because they stand behind me all day long <laughs> Uh, so also if you would like to support the show, you can, uh, shop, do all your shopping that you've been doing on Amazon, but just use our website to click through to Amazon, go to horrormovietalk.com click through the link at the top of the page that says buy stuff on Amazon. And then from there, buy stuff on Amazon after that. And then we get a pretty good little, little kick in the, in the pants from, uh, from that. And, and we can take those kicks in the pants cause we, are have taken our metamucil mm-hmm. in the morning also if you
1: like streaming horror movies check out shutter um com, and they offer a free trial normally it's pretty lackluster in the length of yeah, free trial seven days uh, seven, the seven days fuck is that shit but for our listeners if you use the code hmt at checkout you'll get a 30-day free trial
0: also, make sure to check out our resident artist, Dustin Goebel, a professional artist who fucks with the best of them. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. So make sure you contact him at D 00. That's at D G O E B E L 00 on Instagram and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you and just like a bunch of his stuff. Blow yeah. his shit up. Share it. You know, yeah, and and simultaneously, well, what about Max? Max under so on um, Instagram at
1: max underscore allen one two three five. Um, he is responsible for our new intro, and if you guys want to go to a Spotify page, search for um, artists called Honeybee, and you'll see a dapper young man sporting a pink T-shirt for his artist profile pic. Give his songs a listen, I promise you'll
0: dig him. I think there's uh yeah, I think there's two songs under under his his honeybee name right now. Anyway, so thanks again for listening. So let's thanks again for listening and let's get into spoilers. <laughs> all COVID
1: COVID (laughs) COVID-19
0: okay Uh, my first note on this movie is incorrect this is not an A24 film it just feels (laughs) like I'm sorry I'm sorry that's the
1: you know the intensive and thorough amount of research that we put into
0: these movies it was just it was it wasn't even it, it was a it's a foregone conclusion. It was a foregone conclusion. There was no research that needed to be done on that aspect of it. Yeah, I was I was like, well, this is certainly an A24 film. Uh yeah, so the movie starts off um this is this movie is the pinnacle of show don't tell. Like it does not it it, it overtly explains the premise when it needs to, but mm-hmm. everything else is is just very Show don't tell. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh my god, who's that walking at the camera? No, you, they just walk the guy at the camera, and then you're like, oh shit, who's that guy? And then he passes, and you're like, okay, anyway.
1: So, yeah
0: the the one thing that I
1: really point out as show don't tell is the themes of this movie. They do not hold your hand and say this is what it means or this is what it's about. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to interpret what the moral to the story is. Yeah. Um, and it works.
0: Yeah. There's a few things we're going to get into that I'm, that I love about th- this movie, like opens the floodgates on. Um, but it starts off with a, with a gunshot and a girl running out of the house, just a, just a, a beautiful young lady, uh, scantily clad, mm-hmm. but in high heels strangely enough no. huh what's well, that this about? is a horror movie so. <laughs> and the uh and from there she's just she, so she's like out in the middle of the road and she's so upset looking she's like she can't take her eyes off of the house that she came out of and some lady n- next door is like honey are you okay do you need help and she's like i'm I'm fine like everything is cool she run- yeah.
1: why not say no i'm not fine <laughs> Well, because, can you please give me a car ride to the next state?
0: Well, but, yeah, I mean, that, that would spawn too many questions, right? A logical person, like if some girl came, if some beautiful girl came running out of a house next door to me, I'd be like, are you okay? Do you need help? Okay, let's just, it's okay, sweetheart. I got you. All right, let's... uh I'm just going to, you know, what's going on? What's the problem? And then by that time, the thing's going to come. I can't see it because of the rules that we're about to go into. But um, yeah, anyway, so there's like this retro. I love the music in this right off the bat. It comes in with this retro wave sort of like, like kind of psycho inspired. I mean, this is this, 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 this is before Stranger Things. Um yeah 2014. yeah or right around then. Let's I'll, I'll look up. Continue. Yeah, and it's it's very much
1: kind of a retro mood, even though it intentionally makes it impossible to place the time of this film.
0: Yeah, they very intent. They go to great lengths to make the film feel old, but un, still unplaceable. Yeah. So.
1: Here's here's a couple of things that you will notice. Like every car in the movie is like
0: from the 70s or earlier. It, no, from the 80s, 70s, and 60s. Like yeah. there, but but it's very hard to tell. like there's there's the Buicks uh-huh. from from the from the mid 80s mm-hmm. and a real boxy. That's kind of the core of the vehicles. Mm-hmm. But then there's these older vehicles, like much older. And, and so you're constantly like, wait a minute, what?
1: Yeah, so they're like every car is a, yeah, several decades old, but they also have like weird technology that doesn't even exist. So she, one of the characters has like a a clamshell e-reader, I guess. It's like a, it's like a flip smartphone with two screens where she's reading a book. Yeah, it's very strange, and it's, I mean, not like futuristic, but it's definitely modern.
0: Yeah, and, and while she has this clamshell, they're sitting there and they're watching, they're watching right. these old fifties monster movies on on a, you know, on a tube. Yeah, on a tube TV, and uh, or like Howdy Doody era, like game shows and stuff, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> at
1: the end when their big plot to. Electrocute the monster in the you know Olympic sized swimming pool, which I don't know. You are an electrician.
0: Could you have envisioned that working? Um, I mean, well, we'll get into yeah, uh, definitely not. (laughs) But it's a very, it's a very kid thing to do. Like it's a very believable premise. Like you got to come up with some sort of real world solution to this Uh thing. And if you're a kid, you're just like what hurts things it's like oh water and electricity you you kill somebody or you kill yourself right that's the implication in my head is like what how does a kid think to kill something and they go well a toaster in the bathtub you know right or something like that
1: so anyways at the end when they're trying to do that they line up all these electronic items and it's like it's like a tube tv there's a fucking typewriter yeah it's like a typewriter yeah like
0: okay, well, there were and I mean, there were lamps like, that
1: are just vintage lamps at this point,
0: yeah it's a it's this weird eclectic, old but new yeah un, it's it's a very interesting, it's like a hipster's wet dream, yeah, yeah, oh no, <laughs> oh no, yeah, so this girl runs away, she gets in a car, she drives to the beach she she's sitting on the beach, and she calls her her parents, and she's just like, I just wanted to let you know I love you.' and uh and it's the the heavy implication she's constantly looking at something in the distance and mm-hmm. the camera pans to basically nothing and you can't see what it is uh whatever it is mm. and she's just so concerned and then the next day she winds up co- graphically mangled yeah <laughs> with a a leg hanging off incorrectly just torn asunder uh-huh. it's uh yeah it's and so there are the stakes there's something we're not sure what it is, but it mangles beautiful young girls. And we know that it follows. Yeah, it does follow for sure. It follows. Yeah, so then we're introduced to our new girl, Annie, played by Micah Monroe. I love Micah Monroe. I love her. I'm, she's, she's wife number two, like for sure. That's a hard meh for me. What? She's okay. What are you talking about? You know the thing that may, that really helps it in this it helps her win me over in this movie is like the melodramatic very sad, like she's sad. Mm. That for some reason Well, I just want to help her, you know? <laughs> I just want to I want to make her happy. I want to mm. make her laugh, you know? Oh, okay. Not, yeah, it's not, like, it's not the fact that she is sad that I'm like, yeah, more of yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> more sadness. I'll
1: make you sadder. <laughs> you hey, want to know what real sadness is?
0: Well, lay down in bed with me, lady. You look like you've made a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> Why stop now? <laughs> um, yeah, so we meet her and she's sexy and distant. She's constantly like aloof. And I love that too. Like this, this like inaccessible i'm i'm here with you but not really i'm mm-hmm. i'm elsewhere okay yeah i love that <laughs> i love it the more okay. of, the more no what's the thing that does it for you um i don't engagement <laughs> meaningful <laughs> engagement what the kind of freak
1: are you mm, i don't know uh personality wise sure like fun
0: funny mm. Mm. Um, it explains why you like me so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so so we meet Annie, and she's in the pool, or she's in her underwear, and it's just... It's vaguely sexy, but it's not, like, overtly sexy. She's not doing sexy things all the time, and that's something that I really appreciate about this movie.
1: I mean, she is very often scantily clad
0: yes but i mean that's the thing is she's not like it's not for anything it's just because she's a person who's sexy it is right for something right but in the movie it's not
1: but she's not like this over the top hollywood hard body like yeah she's a regular girl sex doll she's like yeah she's she looks like a normal girl yeah that's attractive you know
0: but but the but beyond that, this movie deals with okay, so maybe I should get into Maybe I should get into the uh the monster and 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 Boobs, boobies, tits, titties, tick old bitties, uh machines. <laughs> so she's clearly sad and alone, but she starts dating this young man named Hugh. And uh they go on a few dates, he seems amiable enough, they uh they're they're playing a game at a movie theater. They're at a movie theater, they're getting ready to watch a movie there, but most of what we see is them standing in line. And while they're waiting, they're playing a game of, hey, who would uh who would you be in this crowd? Who do you wish you were? Pick somebody. And then I'll have to guess it. Um I'll I'll have two guesses and I'll guess who you picked. Um and so she picks somebody and and he he guesses he guesses it and then She says, well, it's your turn once they're sitting down in the theater. Who, who, who do you want to be? And, uh, oh no. Yeah. So yeah, they do it once in the line and, oh yeah, I have it reversed. So they do him first while Mm -hmm. they're standing in line. She says, who, who do you want to be? And he, and finally she uses her two guesses and he says, I want to be that little kid over there. And -hmm. she's like, "What? what a little kid. Why do you want to be that? He's like, it, do you remember how simple it was back then? Like, it was just easy to be a little kid. Mm -hmm. All your choices were laid out for you.
1: Had your whole life ahead of you.
0: Had your whole life ahead of you. And that to me, that speaks that line specifically is important to the rest of this movie because soon you learn what the stakes are. And it's basically like lost innocence. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, once it's, you're not a kid anymore once you've had sex. And so then they go into the movie theater and she gets to start playing the game. And, uh, uh, and she so she picks someone who she wants to be and he starts looking around for who it might be and then he says it's that person over by the door she's like the girl in the yellow dress yeah she's like who he's like that that girl over there she's like i what who i don't see in you, the doorway in the doorway and he's like oh shit he he gets panicky he goes we got to leave they leave they go to an abandoned mall they make sweet passionate love very gent- gentle and beautiful And then boom hits her with the chloroform rag Uh as she's, as she's reminiscing about, yeah, basically lost innocence or something like that. And, uh, and it's very rapey and weird. And, you're, and it's very confusing because he already had sex with her. Why is he chloroforming her? Uh-huh. <laughs> Obviously, the chlor- you got it all mixed up, buddy. <laughs> you got buddy. it mixed up, guy. You got to do that first. <laughs> you got to hit him with the rag first. <sighs> you can save. A chloroform is expensive. You can save it, man. Fucking amateur hour over here. And then he, and then she wakes up and she's duct taped to a wheelchair in an abandoned high up in an abandoned building or, or like parking lot. And he, he wheels her around. He's looking, he's like, he's like explaining this concept to her. He's like the concept you heard in the trailer. He's like, there's something following that was following me. And I transmitted it to you through sex. And now it's going to try and kill you. No one else can see it. I can see it because I've been infected with this thing. But you're going to have to stay alive by pass, hopefully by passing this on to someone else and then getting them to successfully pass it on to someone else. Mm -hmm. Because if it kills the person you had sex with, it comes back to you. And then if it kills you, it comes back to me and then it works its way down the line. So that's the premise. Mm -hmm. This thing can be it can look like anyone Uh, It can look like a stranger to be kind of. You know, just, uh, easy to fit into the background or it can look like someone you love. And sometimes it looks like someone you love just to hurt you. It seems,
1: does it, has it, does it
0: ever in the movie look like someone that they knew? Yes. When it's standing on top of the house, um, I believe that was her father, uh, because you, because a similar looking dude is in the pictures in their house. Oh, okay. Um, but it's such a he's it's, it's they driving away from their house and this thing standing literally on the peak of the roof, just looking at her and mm-hmm. then totally naked. A lot of times this thing is naked, which is so, um, ugh, it's so or scantily clad, mm-hmm. you know, like a like a grandma in a nightgown, something like that. It's like, ugh. so now that we have the premise of this whole thing. The, this is what I wanted to talk about. The way this movie deals with this premise is so, so great because it could be, this could be so crass and gross, uh-huh. you know, because it's, this is sexually transmitted disease, basically. So this whole movie could be just a bunch of really vulgar um, and sexy sex that's, that's being had all over the place. And to an extent, there's a little bit of it, but mostly, and it could be rape. You know, there could be a lot... Because think about it. There's three ways that that you get rid of this thing. Uh You trick someone into loving you and having sex with you, or at least liking you enough to have Uh sex with you. You actually get someone to... You actually fall in love with someone and have sex with them. Uh Or you rape them. Uh Those are the options. Right, right. (laughs) It's so fucked up. Like, the whole... The whole stay alive part of this thing is really dependent on you passing it, passing this horrible thing to, on to either someone you've, you've tricked, who you actually love, or you've raped. So here's a, I have a couple questions mm. about the, the
1: mechanism. Mm. This, this is where it breaks down. Um, if you have sex with multiple partners, are they all infected? This is an interesting. This is the other thing I love about. Does it go down? Like, could you insulate yourself by having sex with ten people, and would it have to kill those ten people? This is not.
0: Does not break it down. This just adds an interesting element to it, which is the. This is and this I love this about this movie is the theory craft that you can do with it. You know, it's like, it's like the the question: What would you do in a zombie apocalypse kind of thing? And that's a very fun question right. to ask and answer. Same thing with this movie. Yeah, this one
1: is very simple. Like the the first solution that would come to anyone is only like barely alluded to in this movie, which is kind of great because it just kind of winks at you of like, yeah, we're not going to do that. What is it? It's, of course, have sex with a prostitute. Yeah. The prostitute's gonna have sex with tons of people. Yeah.
0: By the time one of them's dead, she's gonna be having, she's gonna be blowing some other guy. You know. But the, and this comes back to your first question of, what can I just insulate myself by having sex with a bunch of people? No, I think this is, I think this is a linear progression. Right. I think this is a, a very specific because only one person's infected at a time. Right.
1: But if your job is to have sex with multiple partners each day, like like it it's just going to keep going around i mean you're going to lose a lot of customers unfortunately but like that's that's the most secure is it that you
0: could be is have sex with a prostitute is it because and i'll tell you where that where that theory breaks down is that theory breaks down directly after the prostitute because who's she sleeping with johns what why would a john have to pay a prostitute because he doesn't have sex a lot So in the event that, in the event that, in the event that she sleeps with a dude and that dude is homely or obviously Mm -hmm. has to pay for sex, it's going to come right back to her pretty quick. Yeah, but then she's going to be,
1: she's going to have sex with someone else really quick. Uh, Maybe. By the time the
0: The, the little lumbering it is going to be walking down the road, she'll be like... I watched a little little documentary last night called Lot Lizards on Amazon Prime. Okay. You might be surprised to know that hookers are not necessarily, they're not just, their eight-hour-a-day job that you envision of just having sex with eight different people for one hour, it's probably more along the lines of like, Three, four, sure. five a week. Sure, uh, five a week. No, maybe. No, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, depends you don't know. The, depends on the level of hooker, I guess. It sure does. There's no pimp that's going to be like, oh yeah, that's okay. If you didn't earn anything today, well, hookers don't
0: solely exist with pimps. They're, I mean,
1: sure. Okay, well then, I get have sex with one that does. That someone with like you know a pimp with like a with a firm hand. That's going to make
0: sure that she works, you know? Yes. So I'm going to posit that there is there is a better, more effective way to do this than, than hookers, uh, which is swingers. Swingers, yes. You want a group of people who fuck or, or and fuck regularly. Or just anyone in the adult inter- industry. Or, well, yeah, but that's a pretty tall order. Swingers, <laughs> low bar entry. <laughs> you getting to have sex with, I don't know, Gianna Michaels. Yeah, I don't... But, Doubtful, but you have well, sex know.
1: with some swinger with enough money. Well, you can sure. create your own production company.
0: <laughs> I mean, how much is your life worth to you? It follows production company. Yeah. Um, but d- this is the, this is what I love about this movie is you can, is you can do this. You can sit here and be like, I think the best way to do it. And, and I'm going to say the actual uh, best way to do it would be to create a user manual or, or a presentation or a PowerPoint mm-hmm. that you can pass To the next person to educate them and help ensure that they can educate the next person. Following them. Right. You want to create a presentation that simply but effectively gets across the point of you, you got to fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) You really do. So there's, okay, there, that's
1: whole, one whole realm of like, how, what would be the best way to. Shove off responsibility. Who who could you have sex with? That's going to have sex with a lot of people is one thing. The other thing is like, it doesn't seem that hard to protect protect yourself. Like, um, the same thing with like a zombie apocalypse. Like it's just this slow moving, relatively dumb thing that you never see it. Like do lock picking. You know, just don't live somewhere in a concrete. You know, place with more than one door with no windows. I mean,
0: that's it. Well, but then it's going to be. I mean, you're you're underplaying the the severity of the danger. I don't know. The other one would be if
1: if you happen to. Okay, here's what you would do. Here's the ideal person to have sex with. <laughs> um, you find
0: well the ideal person to have sex with is always
1: me. You find a okay this is going to sound really bad Mm. not me it wouldn't be me this would be like bryce getting out of
0: getting out of the horrible thing he's about to say someone
1: in high school if they you know have sex with a girl who's split between her divorced parents and is bi-coastal so
0: every week or every month she flies from la to new york that's absurd and i'll tell you why that's bad Is because you're depending on the actions of someone else
1: well i'm saying if this was if this was you you'd be pretty safe if
0: you like just flew from la to new york this brings every other week this brings up a good point which is what if okay so the thing you don't have is time right this thing while slow it is coming to get you all the time 24 hours a day doesn't need to eat sleep or drink just Walks at you. Uh-huh. Um, but so the question is, you got to buy yourself some time. Can you fly around the globe to China and then just like then you'll have a lot of time to
1: Yeah, it'd be half a year for a slow walking person
0: but, to swim the Pacific Ocean? Yeah. Does it swim? Does it have to walk under the ocean? How do, it does can swim? It, can it cross? Can it cross large bodies of water? Yeah. I mean, it, but, it was swimming in the pool at the end. It was let me yeah, I was
1: able to grab her. Grab her. Oh, yes. Well, so, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So That's it's
1: right. possible for it to move. But yeah, I mean it's it's going like what? Mile like a mile per hour? Yeah, about strolling. Yeah. Ambling. So even just like having a place on the coast, you know. Yeah. I wonder I wonder like maybe um or even even just like living somewhere where it's like a two-hour-long commute to work, mm. like that would that'd probably be safe. <laughs> like you just, you know, you'd have eight hours to sleep. Like, you know, if it took two hours to drive, so sixty miles per hour. So, it'd be like 120 miles. What a
0: horrible life, though. What a burdensome, terrible life. Like, I'm burdened, but I don't have one of these things following me, and half the time it feels like I do. Yeah, there's people (laughs) that do it, though. There's people that commute that far. I'm not saying the commute is the burdensome part. The burdensome part is having something after you all the time to kill you, to actually maim and kill you. So... I love this this aspect yeah, yeah. of the I I think we could keep going with this, and the episode would be complete. Uh, th- so at this point, I uh, I got to bring up all the people in this movie are so attractive. I just I just
1: yeah, that's so weird to me. Like they're okay. There's no there's none of them. I mean, this is like this is like full neck beard me of like. <laughs> they're nowhere near attractive enough (laughs) for me i mean yes obviously they're all very attractive but they're not like hollywood attractive are
0: you kidding me like her sister uh is played by lily sepe or seep i'm not sure how it's pronounced she looks like um oh who's uh who is jim's love interest before pam in the office amy adams no, after that, Rashida Jones. Uh-huh. Lily Seppi looks like Rashida Jones's daughter. She's so beautiful. She's like classically gorgeous. She's like 17 or 18 when they shot this movie. And I'm sure she's absolutely gorgeous young young woman now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She hasn't, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen her in anything since. I haven't really seen, oh yes, Micah Monroe is in Greta. The the main the main lead in It Follows was the friend in Greta. How, how old was the girl? The Rashida Jones daughter? Oh, Lily Sepe? I think she was 17 or 18 when they shot 17. this. 17. Okay, that's what I thought. God damn, look at those hot children. Well, David. Yeah. I, mean, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you just I, walk into these things sometimes. Like, you can be a beautiful person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no, you can't. I... There are 17-year-olds who who are definitely not attractive, but there aren't ones who are. Well, I mean, the way you set this up is they're so hot.
1: They are. Like, there's a difference between saying, those are
0: really pretty little girls. They're not little girls. Mm-hmm. Is Micah Monroe like 25. I'm, I'm 38 years old. They are little girls. <laughs> they're not little girls little little girls are are like little kids
1: at this point in my life like that 18 and 17 is
0: like so look i didn't sleep with them i'm just saying they're Mm -hmm. attractive Mm -hmm. people in this film Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay damn
1: those hot children
0: yeah now i've heard you say there's been plenty of moments where i could have made an absolute mockery of the things you Mm -hmm. say but Mm -hmm. i don't yeah is this where, is this really where you want to take this? <laughs> like, this I mean, is so absurd. No, I mean, they're very
1: attractive. They're just not, I I wouldn't like, there was nothing in there that made me like, wow, this is amazing to look at. They just look like relatively normal attractive young women
0: oh okay so they
1: are attractive and they are young women they're attractive i wouldn't say they're hot i mean there's a difference between being attractive and being hot
0: i'm sorry i minced words i apologize (sighs) i'm sorry they weren't up to your standards (laughs) like i said what (laughs) yeah they're not that good looking well there you go um so the other part about this movie, like and I've kind of alluded to this, it is this is such a gross concept. Um the thing is spread by by sex and yet and while the movie does feel kind of gross <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I skipped ahead to your what would your strategy be? Your next bullet. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Want to talk about politically incorrect? Well, I'm just saying, like, if you're talking about legit strategies, that's mm. probably that's probably a pretty good one. Okay. Um, I'll let you dig your own grave on that one. So this, how this thing is spread, is is really nasty. But the movie itself doesn't go into like this disgusting realm. It could go like dark. It could go like hostile dark, you know, or what I assume to be hostile dark because I haven't seen that movie. <sighs> Yeah. Okay. Well yeah, I don't, I
1: don't know if I if I'd say it's disgusting how it's spread. It's like, nah. People have sex and it's like kind of like a symbolism of the shame you should feel about losing your virginity, kind of, or about being promiscuous.
0: Yeah. But
1: yeah, I don't know.
0: So, um So let's skip ahead to that part. Well, at this point, it begins. It's it's following her, and it shows up as as a bunch of different things, usually as disturbing old old ladies or half naked people.
1: Yeah, when it when it follows, it always (laughs) it does. It always looks like whoever it's representing just got up out of bed, like was woken up in the middle of the night, and. Started walking down the street. It's not even like I think one or two of them might be in like hospital gowns, but most of them are like just in skivvies or naked, you know. Mm-hmm. But none of them are none of them are in like a three piece
0: suit. No, and uh, and one of them pees herself a la Exorcist mm. all over the floor, and it's ugh, and. You know she's at that point where she's not sure about whether or not she should, how seriously she should take this thing, and uh, you know it breaks in their house and it's it chases them and 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 it starts um it starts interacting i it starts interacting with the friends at some point in the movie like when they get in the way it'll shove them out of the way and mm-hmm. it'll they mm-hmm. won't they won't be able to see it but it'll it will it can interact with the physical world so let's get to Well, actually, before this, I'd like to to bring up, this is shot in Detroit, in and around Detroit, in Michigan, and that's just a a hole-in-one for me, in terms of, like... Yeah, definitely big mood. Big mood. Like, it's shot between the suburbs and basically what what they describe as 8 Mile, and I don't don't know enough about Detroit to be able to firmly tell you what 8 Mile is, but it's a, a... a derelict place where there are lots of derelict houses. And and uh, so they kind of live in the suburbs, but they go into these abandoned areas several times. And it's it works for the movie. It's one of these things that it's probably really cheap to get a lot of ambiance out of really easily. Uh, so... What so so? What do you think your actual strategy? I mean, would we be? we've already talked about. Yeah, but this. what sh- what's your solid one?
1: Um, yeah, I think like prostitutes or someone in the adult industry would probably be the the mm-hmm. quick win. Um,
0: for for you
1: or just I mean, if I wanted to take the responsibility on myself, I'd just reorganize my life to where I have to fly cross country every once in a while. So to try to keep it, try to keep it sequestered to the middle states. But the other, the whole other option that wasn't explored is why don't you just trap it? Why not just trap it in a metal box? With well, no I door? mean,
0: yeah, I mean, at that point, at this, at that point, you're kind of getting beyond the, the scope and the, it's kind of more about the I mean, thought of the, it's kind of more conceptual was, than if that. If I
1: was using horror movie logic. Then I would I would uh, demurely think about having sex with someone, but then I'd be like, uh, but should I? And then have several death scares, and then I'd have sex with someone close to me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if we're operating underneath
0: the the horror movie guidelines, yeah, I mean that would be. Or you could track it, right? Potentially, you could potentially. Find some way to like put a collar on it. And then, then.
1: yeah, you could, you could like just go on social media, and say, Hey guys, this is what's happening. There's a monster following me. I need a group of volunteers um, that would like to get blown. Okay. So here's another question
0: mm-hmm. Does it
1: work if you're just blown?
0: It's a good question. I don't know, but I would like to pose what I think to be one of the most secure strategies. Um, if we take a look at the AIDS epidemic, I'm going to. absolve
1: myself from any words that come out of david's mouth next so at this point this does not represent the opinions of horror movie talk inc or bryce
0: hansen okay go ahead so if you're looking at a group of people who fuck young gay good-looking men and i'm not saying that they would take me but i'm saying that if they would This is a solid strategy because there's no one on earth who wants to fuck more than a young man. No one. And there's no community on earth as that you have the ability to fuck as frequently as the gay community. So I'm just saying they're good at fucking and they do it a lot. So this thing could pass real quick. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. It could work out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just full of good, good points. Uh-huh. Um, the yeah, I Sabrina, mean, I, don't just stare at it. Eat it.
1: I I think honestly, like, what if you started a Facebook group and just said, "Hey, you get everyone in this group gets to have sex with me, but you only get a moment's notice, and then just keep track of." Whoever dies, if you see the the thing following you and you're like, okay, I got to go to the next person and just just have a a uh, like a bucket of people that you can fuck.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would require buy in from them. That doesn't seem like it would work out.
1: Well, if you were a a hot young woman, probably wouldn't be that hard
0: to get people on board. Whoa. Now I don't appreciate your tone very much. What are you trying to say? (laughs) no, come on. Let's do I mean, mean, they even said
1: that? they even said that in the movie was
0: like, well, yeah, you're a girl. It should be easy for you. It should find, be to find someone to, and there's several, actually, that's a good, um, a good segue. There are several points in this movie where, you know, she just needs a rest. And so, you know, there's one point where she's, she's out at, she drives out to a, what I assume is a great lake. She sees a boat out there and, uh, she's like, I just got to get rid of this thing. And she, it alludes to her going out to the boat and and, you know having sex. Yeah. Uh, But it never show. It never shows these parts. You know. Then that's something I appreciate about. Yeah. You know. Okay. Here's another
1: strategy. Like how long? Okay, you'd have to calculate how long would it take to
0: walk across country just at a leisurely pace. Somebody okay. did this. You re- like there's, there is a, th- someone calculated how far they didn't do this. They, they calculated how far the thing in it follows walked throughout the course of the movie. Mm. Yeah.
1: But if you, okay, take this. If you're an attractive young woman, what you do is you fly cross country, like the very opposite end of the country or the world, really go to a bar, find someone, have sex with them, fly back. Like, calculate how long it would take. Like, maybe it's five months, maybe it's six months, you know, maybe it's two years. And then once it gets close to that time, go charter another flight, fly out and go to a bar and fuck someone else. What you don't do is fuck your next-door neighbor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she does... uh, So there's this kid who's been crushing on her, basically, for the whole movie. And, um, and he does it in like a mercy sort of thing. Well, not, she does it in almost, it feels like a mercy thing for her where she's like, fine, I'll have sex with you also because it helps me. Um, but, uh, but she finally has sex with him. She has sex with a couple different guys throughout the course of this movie. And, uh, this one is one that like actually feels like tender and true. Uh, and, But they, but then, no, that's after the pool scene. So the pool scene is kind of like the culmination or the the uh the, the pool scene feels like it should be the end. Right, it's kind of the climax of the movie where they uh they go to this big olympic-sized swimming pool and they put a bunch of electronic devices around the pool and then they put her in the middle of the pool like uh you know as the bait. And the idea I think is, you know, or or again, it's it's not said, it's just shown, so You have to insinuate, but it's not too hard where she points at the thing and then then the kids around the pool throw devices in near it or shoot it or shoot it. And the um, what ends up happening is it just throws all these devices at her and then leaps in the pool like it tries to kill her with the electricity that they've set up. And then. uh, And then, you know, and then it gets in the pool. The thing is, they've they've. I don't know why they've done that at this point, because there's been I think there was a, there was a moment where it was incapacitated and then it got back up like in a mortal way, like it was like, shot in the head previously right, right. and it got just got right back up. So there's, uh-huh. it's clear that you can't kill this thing, but it is kind of kid logic. hmm. So, and the end is just kind of an, uh, it's, it's ambiguous, right? So throughout the whole movie, they have actors kind of walking at the camera and I've mentioned this several times and you're kind of left with this feeling of like, is that it? Is, is that it? Um, and, uh, and at the end she's, she's a girl, she's this, uh, the, the boy who's been crushing on her is they're they're a couple now and they're walking down the street and they're holding hands Yeah, and, uh, there's somebody walking behind them. And it's like that's it.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff to talk about with this movie. Um, it's definitely a conversation starter. Um, so yeah, in that sense, it's a great movie.
0: Yeah. So who who do you think would like this?
1: Um, I think anyone should give it a shot. I don't. I mean, if the people that wouldn't like it were are people that don't like slow um measured movies where stuff doesn't happen every 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is it's a definitely a kind of a long burn um if you like jump scares. If that if like you
1: like to be scared or having scares set up to deliver, this isn't necessarily that. Yeah. It's more of like dread and just looking off in the distance and trying to see if you can see something.
0: Yeah. It's it is it is what I would call a thick movie okay, that's a love white coloring a tasteful thickness of it oh my god it even has a watermark it even has a watermark so with that um we had the pleasure of interviewing the director of The Shivering Truth, which is a show on Adult Swim whose season two is going to be, uh, has has already premiered. And like I said at the start of the show, it airs on Adult Swim at midnight on Sundays. And so you can watch it right alongside J.J. Villard's Fairy Tales. Um, so without any further ado, here is Kat Solon. David Day, and this is... Bryce Hansen. And we're uh, from a little podcast called Horror Movie Talk. We review new and old horror movies. And uh, man, your show, The Shivering Truth, is right up our alley. I got to say. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Kat,
0: this may be the best looking stop motion animation I think I've ever seen. And it's it is a medium that I've been stoked on for basically my whole life. How long does it take to produce a single episode once it hits the animation floor?
2: So uh, that. The thing with stop motion and also just with any kind of film production that I've experienced that has a lot of uh, practical effects and is really heavily art directed is that you kind of only shoot exactly what you need. And so because of that, it takes a lot of time up front before before you even um, get to actually putting a camera on anything, not only does it take time to fabricate all the sets and puppets, but The development of what you're going to see on screen takes a lot of time. And so I tend to do this with live action projects I do as well as stop motion projects I do. But you build really detailed animatics of of every single tiny thing that's going to happen. So um, including the animatic process and the storyboarding animatic process uh, through till the end, till the episode is kind of cut, uh, like a preliminary cut, not like a final cut. Um, I would say each episode is, gosh, probably three months, but we shoot, um, we produce the show, uh, with a tiered schedule so that they overlap with each other. So, so it's kind of like each one is three months, but there's there, you're doing several at once. You're doing pre-pro on one when you're doing the, the main shooting of another and you're editing one while you're doing the shoot of another one. So it's a little bit of a, um, it's a, it's very compounded uh, for this show, for us to pull off this show with the budget we, we, um, we have uh, it's, it's extremely uh, it's extremely specific and quick uh, for stop motion. Um, I, I really am flattered by what you're saying about the way stop motion looks. I also grew up as a huge stop motion fan Um, And I think that that also made me incredibly um, opinionated about (laughs) how stop motion looks and uh, how different people do stop motion. Sure. So, (laughs) so can you tell us how
1: the shivering truth came into being? This is the season two is coming out this year. Um, It's been around for one season at least. So how, how did, um, how did the project start?
2: Um, So, Many years ago, uh, Vernon Chapman, who is the show creator and he writes the show, um, we met through mutual friends that had already kind of told us that we would really like be fans of each other. They had introduced us to each other's work already. Um, so we kind of went into our first meeting knowing that we both had this like admiration for what one another's kind of creative drive and what they were doing with it. Um, and so it was sort of a first like immediate kind of, uh, spark that, that made us both be like, okay, we're going to work together someday. Uh, and we had one of those, um, like sort of ferocious creative instant, um, connections where we were immediately like like kind of um, able to bounce ideas off of each other and talk about lots of references that we all that we shared with each other um and that ended up being like um uh, just kind of an obvious pull for us and then after that so that was about eight seven to eight years ago and then after that uh we would go when he lives he lives um sometimes he's in uh, in new york and sometimes he's in la and 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 i'm i'm the same and so we we would see each other when we were in the same city um and we would have a dinner and just sit and like talk about all all kinds of just art and music and movies and stories and ideas that we could possibly think of and uh it was through that process that we came to figure out the kind of show that we wanted to do. And we knew we wanted to do a, an anthology type series that was um, dark, but also kind of sad and emotional and um, hit on uh, really big themes, but um, in kind of intimate ways. And so we uh, we knew that about it. And we knew that, that what we wanted it to feel like it's, we wanted it to feel like it existed in the real world in, in a very mundane world, but we also wanted to use that mundane world as a jumping off point for all the crazy heightened things that could happen within the show. And then from there, um, it took a lot of time, but, uh, we finally found a time when we could work together, and, and in that time period, Vernon had written um, a bunch of scripts and for it. And uh, at one point, he called me. He's like, "Okay, what are your next three months look like?" And I was like, "I'm gonna, I can make it work." You know? He's like, "Okay, let's make a pilot." I was like, "All right." So that's how that's how we finally made the pilot for for Shivering Truth.
0: Wow, nice. Yeah. yeah, so just kind of piggybacking on that same question. This this show like first of all, the way you described it kind of like personal but sad uh, personal and sad, but also like kind of exploring these huge existential issues <clears throat> and like I get so much so many different things from just the I was only able to watch the first two episodes of this show. Um <clears throat> but it was It was so perfectly what you described it. How how does like nihilism and comedy and horror and social critique? Where does all this come from? Where do all these inspirations come from? From you for you?
2: Well, wow. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. I like that question a lot. I'm like maybe I need to talk about this in therapy. I think that's a (laughs) that's such a good question. Um, I, I would say I come from an art background. I, 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 went to art school and, um, I wasn't taught traditional, like in art school, I wasn't taught traditional kind of collaborative, um, on set filmmaking. I was taught more, um, creative, uh, uh, constructive criticism and theory and uh, how to explore themes within the the uh, the stories you're interested in telling, and how to examine the things you want to show, and ask yourself why you're wanting to show that, and what it is about that idea that that could relate to other people. Um, and so that's like where I came from, as far as like when I first you know, got into the film and art world, uh, was this, this like very, um, heavy, uh, uh, kind of, um, this studying of, of, of what, of, of meaning in, in work that you make and, and being able to answer for it. So, um, uh, I guess it's always been important to me to figure out, uh, what something is about, uh, even if it's not, even if it, in the end comes off as more subjective and more surreal. I like to have meaning for it within myself. And I also like to then, even when something is, no matter how surreal something is, no matter how funny something is and how absurd something is, I like to approach it with sincerity and try to, to deliver it as if it is the truth of everything. So it kind of, for me is like, um, uh, how do you tell a big crazy um hard story through uh, through um a sad lens but then use that to uh to make it feel more personal and emotional i, I don't know if i'm if I'm answering
1: no, that uh, exactly makes, no that makes a lot of sense yeah i mean <laughs> yeah.
2: It's, yeah
1: it's not not an easy question to break down um yeah how, how do you approach reality, basically? So, um, uh, well,
2: I I like to have reasons. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, so speaking of therapy, is Vernon okay? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. He's great. <laughs> we. Uh, he's actually like I think. I think a lot of his art making uh, is therapeutic, and and I know that for a fact because I go through it too. And for me, it is as well. Uh, <laughs> so I think it kind of uh, comes out that way. Yeah, uh, he is. He's he's uh, he's just always thinking and always coming up with new things. And the other day, I was talking to him about how I realized that in quarantine. I'm not using the word "with" as much as I used to, and he started planning a funeral for the word "with," you know, and that's like kind of the kind of person he is, you know.
1: Nice,
0: wow,
2: yeah, (laughs) yeah. So he just, yeah.
0: I'm sorry we're we're both huge horror junkies, and uh, our favorite flavor between Bryson and myself seems to be like psychological and existential horror, and kind of body horror too, and this this kind of attacks us, this show, uh, the shivering truth just kind of attacks us, or at least me just right. Are, are you a horror fan and what kind and why?
2: I am, uh, I want to make live action horror. I, I want to make, um, more, um, like conceptual kind of, uh, uh, uh like I uh, kind of emotional horror movies. Um, I, uh, so I, I, I'm hugely into that. Um, I would say, let me think of sort of the kind of stuff I love without sort of being, um, uh, uh, saying the answer that everybody says. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, It's okay uh, to say the answer that everybody says. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I I kind of love, well, Vernon and I in the show are extremely inspired by Tarkovsky, which I think his work is is uh is always horror but it's in a very um it's in a very melodramatic surrealist way and i and i sort of um uh i love i love his work quite a bit uh so so that's that's a big one um so like solaris or uh uh nostalgia or um stalker Mm -hmm. those those movies uh are huge influences for us for shivering. Um, and especially like our lighting design, I look at his work all the time for that. Um, and let's see. Um, I really love, what was I just thinking about the other day? Um, I come from, I, 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 this is, Oh man! I want to be able to, I want to be able to give you the best answers. Um, (laughs) sorry let me think i'm just i'm looking around oh you know what my favorite is well i really my favorite one of my favorite movies ever that i think about all the time is is the witches because it's nicholas rogue um and and i also love don't look now which is also nicholas rogue and those are that's a very classic horror film to me and um i i kind of and it's classic in that it's it's about a man who's lost his daughter and how he's like losing his mind and and losing his marriage, uh, in the process of losing his daughter and feeling responsible for that loss. And I like when horror movies have, um, a really, uh, kind of personal central story that anybody can relate to. Like, um, you know, like the, the exorcist is about also like trying to kind of control a child that you can't control and that you, you want to take care of a child that you can't take care of, you know? Um, uh, I, I think that, it's really nice when you start with something that is, uh, that anybody can relate to and then take it to the nth degree. Um, and I, I really love how I think Midsummer did a good job at that with, with relationships like, um, young, you know, college relationships. And I, and I actually, um, uh, I worked on, I did, um, the opening uh, logo for uh, monkey paw for Jordan Peele's company. I made his, his logo ID. And, um, (laughs) when I first met Jordan I, I talked to him about like how transformative get out is in that it makes you my favorite kind of horror makes you feel like you're seeing the world through a perspective that you could never see the world through in your own life. And, and then it's showing you what is, what is different about that life than your life. And I thought that his, that get out was the kind of prime example of that, um, Yeah, Yeah, I mean, mean.
1: (laughs) yeah, I was wondering about about Get Out because that seems I mean, not not nearly as surreal or uh, existential as as the shivering truth, but (laughs) definitely a little bit in there. I know that when I (laughs) when I saw the trailer for Get Out, I just started laughing because I was like, I totally get it. That's so awesome. (laughs) Because he's like, like, what's what what is what are black people's greatest fear? white people yeah yeah <laughs> it's just like yeah. yeah that makes sense and for good reason yeah it's a it's a great yeah. it's a great horror I mean lots of depth to that one um so I kind of think sorry no go ahead.
2: <laughs> I kind of think when something I learned in art school that I kind of take into every single project that I do is um is to ask myself what's scaring me the most at any given moment, either in the themes in the story that I'm trying to tell in just life in general, or in, um, or like literally what I'm afraid of, as far as like, what could be a bad movie? Like if you're trying to come up with an idea, what would be the worst idea ever? And I always think that going to what your perspective of what the worst thing could possibly be is the best way to open up your kind of creative mind. Hmm. And I feel like that in turn makes a lot of projects that I like doing, uh, kind of horror just inherently, Hmm. no matter whether I'm trying or not, you know,
0: (laughs) Uh, we, we gotta have you back on the show because I love the way that you come at, come at critique. Uh, I love it.
2: Thank okay. you. Thank you. That's nice of you. I, well, hopefully, I yeah, I want to make some uh, feature films, and then I can come talk about those. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: I mean, a, I... <laughs> horror movies are, are going through kind of a renaissance. I know horror fans don't necessarily like saying that, but there's a lot of great, like, uh, high-quality psychological horror coming out right now and uh, yeah. up in the game. So we'd love to to see what you could bring to the table there um
2: thank you (laughs) um, thank you
1: so this is this is probably my favorite question um because i don't know how i would answer it how would you describe the shivering truth to my mormon mother
2: (laughs) (laughs) i have republican parents who live in arizona so (laughs) i understand and um Actually, well, okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I have a little bit of a philosophy around how to make things that, that I both remain proud of, but also that I can kind of slip past my parents and convince mm-hmm. them to watch. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but I, the way I describe Shivering Truth, and I don't know, I don't know if Vernon would like this description or not. Um, cause he's when he describes it he's so much more poetic and he and uh and I really appreciate that about about him and he's a little more cryptic when he describes it but the way that I describe it is um it's like um if well I don't know if your Mormon mother would appreciate this description but uh it's like if the twilight zone was eating its own tail was like a snake that was eating its own tail and then it was like shitting out diamonds or pooping out <laughs> diamonds. I don't know if I can swear. Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. can.
0: Hell, <laughs> yeah. fuck, damn,
2: bitch, boobs. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's, that's the way I see it. That's uh, a great and I, way to I mean, explain it. Yeah. And also for my mom, like saying Twilight Zone works to her. She, cause like she's, you know, she, she well, my mom has a great sense of humor, but she, but she is like somewhat conservative, but she loved the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of, um, I kind of fit, you know, I was going through art school, just living, um, you know, doing uh, experimental film festivals and art shows and um, and installation art stuff. And I uh, wanted to um, make films and wanted to make uh, more bigger, like broader commercial work, but I didn't think I ever could. And then I finally made a music video, my first music video ever, uh, while I was still in school. And it ended up on mtv at the time and my parents was that the one for sia it was bright eyes it was his it was his first video too okay yeah yeah um and uh my parents at the time were um uh like you know they wouldn't I would I would invite them to my like art shows and stuff and expromo stuff and they and if they come they always would like stand in the corner meekly and be like we don't belong here like this is for artsy people this is for <laughs> you know like people in college like you know oh we and, know but, we know
0: exactly <laughs> how that <works. laughs>
2: Yeah but when it was something that they could access on their tv and something that they could access without feeling judged in any way they were like they were like, Oh, you made this like, Oh, this is, you did this. Oh, like, and then all of a sudden I realized like, Oh, okay. There's power in doing more commercial work. If I can figure out a way to not compromise what I'm trying to make, uh, I can get my parents to kind of, who wouldn't normally watch this kind of stuff to kind of pay attention to this kind of stuff um, by putting it into a context that they feel comfortable with. So at least like, 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 Displaying it in a context that they feel comfortable with. Um, and then, like, sort of creating a wedge where you get them in, sort of by by like telling them like oh you're gonna watch a fun show a fun TV show and then you show them more than they <laughs> thought they would get <laughs> you know? yeah love- episode- and
1: then, you, then you see episode two with the with the mother <laughs> sex doll and
2: <laughs> that's what i was just gonna say uh, episode two this season uh, yeah. uh I don't know that I should show my mother i um i Vernon it was so funny after he wrote that episode he called me he's like Cat, I may have gone too far. <laughs> this this might be the one I've gone too far on. My mom is actually in um, the background of two. So um, my mom's first marriage, uh, there's a, a picture of her in a wedding dress um, that I have that I used in the background of both season one uh. and season two. And in season one, she's in the background of the scene where the guy pulls a hot dog out of his head. Uh. And then in season two, she's in the background of the scene where the woman is threatening to eat her baby. Um, uh, to just, to, you guys haven't seen that one. It's episode three. Uh, and I, saw yeah, it. I,
1: I've seen that one.
2: Okay. okay yeah. I sent it to her. I sent her a picture of it, of the woman going to eat her baby with a picture of her in the background. And she was like, what what I have can, i done to you can you take me out of that get me out of that I was like, no. <laughs> this, so.
0: this segues so perfectly into my next question but first <laughs> i want to say i was a little too high when i started watching these shows and um and i don't appreciate what you did to me but um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh but so this show, The Shivering Truth, feels like there are tons of Easter eggs and hidden meanings throughout the whole thing. It feels like there's a ton of rewatchability for me. Um it also feels like it got it has like a like a weird sort of like baked in mysterious vibe to it. Do you guys uh do you like making your audience work for the deeper meaning?
2: Yes. Yes. I mean we we actually specifically We, what we really do want, we want it to make sense as far as we want people to be able to follow, we want the logic to be real and we want the like things that, that happen to kind of make, to just make sense logically to human beings. But we want, and we work really hard to make sure of that. And it's, and it's, that sounds weird, but I mean, if you were just to think about the concept related to the scenes that we're trying to do, if you don't logically have a very in-depth conversation about how it's, how we're going to get the point across, it could very easily just look like mush and not make any sense at all. And so we, we really try to find the delicate place where it makes enough sense, but it's not, it's not um, spoon feeding it to you. And then, and then we also, then we take it and we, stir it up (laughs) and and we kind of, um, we're always adding to it all the time. Like that's what our animatic process is, is, is us like figuring out where we can add another turn, add another joke, add another, uh, twist that will either hammer in a, a point or take you further away from it, um, specifically so that it's not too obvious. Um, uh, but then we also find fun, uh, there are some fun references and I don't know if you've, if you've noticed any of them, um, I would love if, if people let me know if they noticed the references. Cause, uh, I'm really proud of them, especially in season two. There's some crazy references that I was so glad we got in there. So, um, uh, they're very, they're pretty subtle, I would say. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> oh,
1: well, yeah, we'll have to rewatch them. Yeah. Or, or I'll just have to wait for IMDB people to, to put the trivia. Yeah, to me. notice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's what I usually do. Um, So in episode one, my favorite moment was that the eye touch guy. He was was perfect. And uh, other than being just a type of guy that's out in the world, is there a story behind that character? (laughs) I feel like that could have been like a specific barista or something that there is a very
0: specific.
2: (laughs) I don't know if I'm allowed to tell it. Yeah, it's you, very you are. Personal. We personal. Very... this is deep. This is deep
0: podcast territory. You know,
2: <laughs> it's um, it's very personal to Vernon. Um, it's uh, 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 he, he has had jobs like that where he has been that guy and uh-huh. and not and and has kind of been that judgmental in a way inside his head like, and um. And uh, so it was sort of about that, about judging like every single person that that comes into the place or that you talk to because those jobs are fucking hard and oh, they're man. shitty. I'm happy I'm having
0: a really bad time right now because everything just snapped into focus and I, and I realize I I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> this is the worst. I feel, I feel and
2: like so
1: it, I've gotten that in, in the coronavirus quarantine. Like, Oh, you're really I, going out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is it really? I think that we important? all have.
2: I got so mad at everybody on my walk on Sunday because no one was wearing masks. I was like, what are you Live doing it. out here? What are you doing out here? I know. I was like, I, I. literally, like, would mum, like mumble the word dummy under my breath as I passed them, and I was like, I'm a monster. I'm a monster. What the hell am I doing? It's. They have their reasons, and I need to leave them alone, and it doesn't matter, like... I'm doing what I can. I don't know. But, but, uh, but yeah, so I turned into Ike. Ike is amazing. That's Colascola's voice. Um, and Colascola is an incredible performer. You would, I mean, honestly, knowing his other work, I would never have guessed it was him. Uh, he's so good. Uh, he, and, um, and the design for Ike, uh, we, we really wanted that to be incredibly specific. We wanted him to look exactly like a certain kind of guy. Uh And, um, well, you I really it, like him. You, you pulled yeah.
1: it off. That was a just perfect. <laughs> yeah, just dead on. Yeah,
0: I gotta say, Cat, yeah. um, we want to be respectful of your time. This was <laughs> so much fun to get to pick your brain. I'm definitely going to be watching this show, The Shivering Truth, as it premieres on Adult Swim. Can you? When can people watch The Shivering Truth? What day will it be on of the week?
2: Uh, it starts airing on uh, the on May 10th, I think midnight. So I think that that's Sunday night at midnight. Um, and then it, uh, continues airing every Sunday night after that at midnight. Um, I think for six weeks.
0: Okay. And how should people follow you and the show on social media?
2: Well, um, uh, Vernon is not on social media at all. Um, uh, and, but, uh, I am at, I'm on Instagram at Kat Solen, C-A-T-S-O-L-E-N and also on Twitter at Kat Solen. Um, I try not to use Twitter that much, but I do sometimes. Um, and, uh, I love Instagram a lot. Uh, and then the, I guess like I'll post behind the scenes stuff. A lot of the people, a lot of my crew members will post cool behind the scenes stuff and I'll, I'll like, you know, repost it. Um. And that's really it. Adult Swim, too. They, they post cool stuff about the show, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. And <laughs> yeah. so if any HMT fans can find some Easter eggs, get at Cat on social media and let her know because she wants to know what you found.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do. I really do.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us here on Horror Movie Talk. And you have a great rest of your day. We're so excited for your show.
2: Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you. It was nice have to talk fun. to you. Too. Have a, thanks. Bye-bye. All, right, All right. Have a good rest of your day. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being available to talk to us. Kat, we really appreciate it. Everybody should check out uh their their new show on Adult Swim, The Shivering Truth. The uh, and this man, this show really it's it's such a it's such a mood show too that I'm actually like Like, I want to watch this thing from front to back. (laughs) In terms of, like, I want to go back to the first season. I'm gonna think I'm gonna do it on the Adult Swim app. So, um, so you guys should check it out because it's got a lot of like really dream state.
1: Yeah, it's very Lynchian, except more like surreal.
0: Yeah, really surreal, and the claymation (laughs) is so good. Um, so with that, let's get into. Lifetime movie or horror movie? <laughs> movie or horror movie is a game where I've prepared five movie descriptions for Bryce and he has to guess whether they are a lifetime movie or a horror movie. And you'd be surprised how interchangeable these uh, these descriptions are. So that's where it came from. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so our first description goes a little something like this. A woman thinks that she has found the perfect husband when she marries a wealthy writer from Buffalo. However, she soon learns that he is jealous, possessive, and violent. Is that a lifetime movie or a horror movie? Okay, so question: mm.
1: Is this literally copy pasted from the
0: actual description? You always ask me that, and I the answers—the answers—I know you don't because you, but. But I've never done you wrong in this regard. You don't trust me because you, you would do shitty shit like that. I would not. You I absolutely just... would, because I've never fucked with you like that. Oh, okay.
1: Um, I will say this is a lifetime movie.
0: That is correct. Okay. This is a lifetime movie. This is called Her Perfect Spouse. If you don't believe me, you can. I will. Share this document with you and you can look up the descriptions yourself. Okay. So you're one for one. Here is our second description. Heartbroken over her parents' breakup and recovering from a car accident, Jane becomes increasingly suspicious of her mother's charming new boyfriends. Is that a lifetime movie? Boyfriends? Yes. Multiple? Charming new boyfriends. Yes. Uh, Is it a lifetime um, movie or a horror movie? Huh. Walk us through your. your I thoughts. mean,
1: it's very much so. There's divorce in it. Mm-hmm. Feels very a lifetime. Sure does. Um, but it's from the perspective of a young girl and not the middle aged person mm. that's a divorcee. Truly, so that's more of a horror movie mm-hmm. thing, yeah, um boyfriends mm. um shows more promiscuity, which feels more horror movie horror um horror horror mm-hmm. and uh I mean, it feels so much like a lifetime movie there's nothing like that tips it off as a horror movie, but I'm going to say it's a horror movie.
0: You're wrong. This is a Fuck. lifetime movie. This is Damn. called Dating a Sociopath. It is from 2019. So very <sighs> recent. They they keep they keep coming out with these things. So it's but it's multiple boyfriends. Yeah, it says charming new boyfriends. So she's dating multiple sociopaths or her, just one? Her mother okay. Is moving on unless the unless the mother is the sociopath. Oh. Huh. There you go. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, third description. A cybersecurity expert uses every tool at her disposal to find her daughter and rescue her from the criminals who abducted her. Ooh. <sighs> A cybersecurity expert uses every tool at her disposal to find her daughter and rescue her. From the criminals who abducted her. Wow.
1: Man, I'm psyching myself out. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about the metagame of like, would you do three Lifetime movies in a row? Would you stoop to that? It's a good question. I mean, eventually got to switch over to horror movies, but like... uh, This involves, it only mentions two female characters, which feels very Lifetime. Mm. Um, I'm going to say Lifetime. I'm going to go against the meta and say, you've just
0: done three Lifetimes in a row. Okay. Um, You would be correct. That is a Lifetime movie. That is My Daughter is missing. Um, <laughs> spend a lot of time titling these. They're really, time. you know, they're, they're cranking them out. You can't, you can't, uh, you should have seen some of the titles that my I daughter s- was abducted. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you're two for three, um, uh, doing good so far. Uh, De- if you get this next one, you basically win the game. And the third one's just a gimme Deanna And her fiancé, Carl, travel to his family's estate where they plan to be married. But someone in Carl's family is determined to stop the marriage in the simplest way possible. By killing the bride. I can think of a few movies that I've seen that fit this description.
1: Yeah, you do watch a lot of Lifetime movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ready or Not jumps out, but that's not how I would describe the plot of
0: that. Mm. That was specifically the one that I was thinking about. Um, hmm.
1: How many of these do we... So you only have five, right?
0: Yeah, this is the fourth.
1: And I'm thinking of the meta again. Would you have only one horror movie? It's a good question. Is that possible? Is it? Um, I don't see here's okay, here's uh, I don't think a lifetime movie would be so unsubtle to just set it up that way to say they need to get away. They don't they want to stop the wedding by killing the bride. That's it. Stop
0: the wedding by killing the bride.
1: They would it would just say like, you know, someone is but somehow there's a mysterious danger or something like that and yet here we
0: have this uh i'm gonna say horror movie Ooh yeah oh yeah no this is a lifetime movie god damn it this is engaged to a psycho <laughs> god damn it well wait a minute what? so
1: the she's engaged to the psycho or i thought it said that someone in the
0: in the family, well, Carl is in the family. I ass- and you know what they say when when you marry the person, you marry the family. Mm. You know, so you're, she's engaged to the family. So the psycho could just be the whole family or someone in the family. Uh, okay, I don't. These titles aren't the best. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna defend them. Okay. Okay. So this it it really does boil down to the last question. Two or the last description. I should. It's say. a horror movie, or you're a massive dick to escape a serial killer, a single mom and her daughter oh, enters, god damn it. To escape a serial killer, a single mom and her daughter enter witness protection only to find their lives in greater danger than ever.
1: <sighs> wow.
0: Mm. Man, you you picked some good ones. Yes, yes I did.
1: You picked some really good ones.
0: It took 10 minutes to put this together.
1: Because Again, it mentions two female characters, and that's it.
0: That's it? That feels like such a lifetime. Well, it alludes to the FBI as well. They're probably in there. There's some uh, men in that organization.
1: I mean, why would you assume that they'd be men?
0: There are some men in that organization.
1: Um, Okay. I'm going to I'm going to trust the meta and say
0: you have to have put one horror movie in there. Wrong. Wrong. You're wrong. This is a lifetime movie. God damn
1: it. You asshole.
0: <laughs> this one is called I Almost Married a Serial Killer. <laughs> God damn it. You asshole. And that is lifetime movie or horror movie. Hey guys, thank you so much for sitting with us through our review of It Follows. We really appreciate it. If you're still listening, make sure that means you probably like this program or you lack the dexterity to turn us off. So make sure to share this episode with a friend that really helps us out. Um, If you'd like to support the podcast, make sure to head on over to our website and click either one of those top those buttons in the top banner that are Patreon. You can support us financially through there and you get access to a bunch of exclusive Patreon stuff including a whole nother podcast that we uh, keep recording after we wrap this show um, you can also support us by buying things on Amazon as long as you click through that link and bookmark it for every time you shop there uh, check out Shudder S-H-U-D-D-R dot com and enter H-M-T at checkout for a 30 day free trial of Shudder instead of stupid fucking seven day free trial that we hate so much make sure to support and like all of d goble zero zeros stuff on instagram and uh, also max underscore Allen one two three five on instagram make sure you head on over there check their stuff out and uh and you know give them give them the support and love they deserve for being so cool to horror movie talk and with that Thank you, and have a great week. We love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
2: that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine.